we want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right. Here we go. Coming down. Three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again you can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, everybody. It's the man they call Dave and the Working Fans Combat Cast. And as the last few times, I got my buddy Chevy here. Chevy's back. And we're going to have a new, we'll say semi-regular on this show. This man's identity might not be known to some. Some might. But today he is 
Carney Usada, and I don't think I mean I'm honored to have you on, sir. I mean you've gotten out, you got you've gotten a few of my favorite fighters, but you know what? They probably had it coming. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on. I know we haven't yet met in person, but I look forward to the day that maybe we can hit a UFC event together or watch something together. I knew that would be good. I also your room looks familiar to me too, but that's you know beside the point. I'm not gonna. You're from, as far as I know, you're from parts unknown, and I'm from. <laughs> City. This room does not look familiar to me, though. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on uh, that note, let's just fucking get right to it. Carney Usada, Chevy. I'm still tw twinking this format a little bit here, but I thought we covered a couple topics and just kind of riffed on today. And one of them I thought would be just we'll get right to it. The interim heavyweight title fight, Ciro Gunn. As in, Cyril has gone in 60 seconds. I think I heard somebody say <laughs> one time. Uh, yeah, John Fox said that. And uh, oh boy, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, they're scheduled to fight. I know um, Francis is upset. His manager was really upset. His manager, I thought, was great. Like He told Dana White, I don't give a fuck. You want to blackball <laughs> me? I got these emails. You really want to do this? There was no response. I felt like he won that round. The manager won that round. But at the end of the day, man, I just think if you've been watching UFC or MMA for a while, and I know we have guys, This the, the interim title is, if anything, is just inconsistent. It's really just used as a prop. And if I was Francis, I get it. You're an athlete. You're a fighter. You're proud. But don't take this bullshit so seriously, bro. It's simply they wanted to – somebody feels – and I heard it's Hunter Campbell seems to be the rumors from Hawani feels that interim titles sell and it's now do they sell? I mean, maybe to a casual, but I don't know for the to target audience. I don't think we give a shit if this interim title bells on the line. It's been so devoured. Um, so Carney Asada, how about you? I'll start with you, buddy. Let's see what right. you got. I think that's exactly what the interim title is for the casuals. And I'm pretty sure it was. You know, the undefeated, undisputed, never lost around Chael P. Sonnen that said something a few years ago along the lines of Dana White or UFC has this thing about having to put titles on their posters because that's what's going to pull the casual fans in. You'll be watching whatever sports channel it's on. You'll see the, the setup for Lewis and Gone, and you'll see that interim title fight. And that might appeal to you more than if you just say it's a number one contender's fight because that's really what this is. And those of us that watch, we know it's a number one contender's fight. We know the winner of this is going to get... Ninganu. But the thing I don't understand about it is that, I mean, I guess I can see both sides. Ninganu wanted to stay active and he wanted to fight. He was already training and the guy just won a title a month ago. This isn't Conor McGregor who went and won a title and then sat on it for a year and waited for him to be forced to vacate it. I know he, they wanted him to fight Lewis and I believe the big deal about this is this fight's taking place in Texas, right? So they probably wanted Lewis to be able to fight for a title in front of the people. So I think that's probably what's happening here. So I feel Naganu kind of got screwed on that deal because, like I said, he just won that title. It's only been a few months. But the way UFC probably sees it, if this wasn't enough time for you, if you wanted to wait till September, too bad. We need to fight now. But I think the interim title should only be used if the champion is forced to vacate it. Like, let's say you're nine months into a title reign, haven't defended anything, and you get injured, and they need to do something. Maybe that. But we already know the winner is going to get Naganu. Chevy, anything you want to add to that? Agree 100% with Carney Asada. I think it's funny that, I mean, we all love Stipe, but how long did Francis have to wait for that DC Stipe trilogy to get wrapped up before he got a shot again? You know, he took other fights in between, but yeah, three months, 
especially in the heavyweight division, not a long time to, not an acceptable amount of time to wait between fights, I feel like. UFC is kind of hosing Nganu, but as yeah. far as his management and Dana goes, uh, he's never going to win that fight with Dana or the UFC. Or they they make all the all the choices, and everyone else has to deal with them. Yeah, agreed. I guess you know, um, if anything, the real complaint about these interim titles is we know they're a bullshit prop, but I guess maybe we'd like to see a little consistency used at it, right? I mean, okay, so a fighter gets injured or is inactive, then maybe you put an interim title, but you have to at least wait six months. You know, I mean, I think that's a fair thing. And then otherwise, I mean, unless the guy retires, you know what I mean? Or something happens like that. But then if a guy retires, you're pretty much going to be crowning a new champ anyway. So, so yeah, I guess I'd just like to see a little more consistency with this. Yeah, Nagano's team don't give a fuck, it looks like, as far as that goes. But you're right, at the end of the day, it's UFC, and they got all the money. And I think... Even us as fans will say, like, we kind of know, like, what's going on a lot of times. And we're still going to watch because we're drawn to this. We're drawn to the fighters. And we're drawn to, like, the stories. And we're drawn to the competition. But, damn, yeah, I do not want to have another interim title. <laughs> just so, they're so devoured. Go ahead. How often do you see someone win an interim title and actually treat it like they won the, the championship? A lot of guys will throw it down or say they want the real belt. It's mm-hmm. just like a prop. And this whole thing with, with Dana, too, he just kind of does what he wants because, I mean, hell, he'll make the, the Nate Diaz and Edwards fight five rounds, and that's not a main eventer for a title. Right. So why not just create interim belts or anything? Remember there was a period a couple of years ago, everyone was fighting for an interim belt. I think mm-hmm. I got an interim title shot at one point. <laughs> yeah. Showing up. Yeah. Show. I remember that. I was proud yeah. of you. <laughs> I think it's interesting is that, like, the only guy I remember ever defending, defending an interim belt, and there might be more, but the only guy I remember seeing was actually Henan Burrell. So that's going back to like 2011, 2012. Did Tony and Ferguson defend? He had his interim belt and treated it like a real belt. Yeah, he definitely did. I'm trying to remember if he did defend it. You might be right, but eh, regardless, uh, and not a lot of defenses. I guess that's the big thing though, right? And and the champ is still here. He's still strong. He's ready yeah. to go. He was and on vacation. Right. He took some time off. <laughs> so, uh. yeah. You know, on that topic, though, there's <clears throat> possible outcomes that could happen with this uh, this interim title fight that I think is just, it's probably going to be a talking point for a bit. because It's an interesting fight. Go ahead. Yeah. And the thing with Nagano, too, is like Chevy said, he had to sit and wait for the winner of DC and Stipe. Why couldn't Lewis sit and wait for a couple more months? Ready. like the dude just started training for the fight and finds out there's no fight so i mean you could take the winner of gan and lewis and give that to nanganu but i also think that i'm gonna make a quick argument here for i think that there should be a nanganu stipe three only because of the fact that stipe completely neutralized him in the first fight he got wrecked in the second fight <clears throat> that was set up a rubber match it's probably not that exciting to dana white <clears throat> push one of these newer up-and-coming heavyweights into the title picture. But I think the guy at least deserves it. And then you could take the losers of those fights and make them fight, and then the, the winner of that gets John Jones or something when he comes around. Because at this point, it sounds like John Jones is probably going to be sitting for a little while. If this dude wants to go up to heavyweight, now we got all these names in the title picture. I think he needs a tune-up fight before he gets the actual uh, shot at the title, because I don't want to see him walk <coughs> and get a shot at the champ, because he's trapped. <laughs> I'm with you. With you on that. He needs time for uh for all those uh those steroids to get out of his system. Not that I yeah. know from from experience. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 
saying. You, you might have seen him. <laughs> photos of him, and he's looking kind of bubbly, but mm -hmm. you know, he's just that dedicated as a professional athlete because I know he's touched drugs before. I heard he was hiding from, but anyway. <laughs> I yeah, check out of that. There's an octagon or a ring. Right. Check out of that. Yeah, I think it's, it is an interesting fight because especially gone, he's undefeated. And so it'll be interested to see if he beats Derek Lewis that, you know, how he'll match up with Francis. I think he's a more polished striker. But boy, I'll tell you, Derek Lewis, he's just got that power. And boy, like he could turn your lights out. He's proven it so many times. There's so many times I watched Derek Lewis. I think we've talked about this, and he does not look like the better fighter, but somehow he comes out with a victory because he's great at he's got unbelievable power, but he's also really great at saving his energy and picking that one shot. Yeah, Volkov. Sure, yeah. And so like <laughs> Derek Lewis, I mean, for that same reason, even though the last time it didn't pan out for us, I do think it's interesting to see him and Nagano fight in a rematch too. And, the guy, and Lewis has that win still technically, which I know everybody feels like yeah, you know, we all lost. Win. Yeah, we all lost, but you know, by the, the way... I was going to say, the thing about the, uh, the possibility of an Nganu and Lewis rematch is that we were so hyped for that first one. Mm -hmm. But I think that, especially after that Stipe fight, I feel like Nganu was so much more hesitant for like a couple fights, but now I feel he's got to be so, so confident with how he's been that I feel like he'd probably uh, be a little bit more aggressive against Lewis. And one of the things that I love about Lewis, like you said, like this dude could get pieced up for four rounds and then the fifth come out of nowhere and just throw one punch and knock a dude out. So that could happen with Gon. Gon could just throw him around for the first four rounds and then Lewis could land that one shot and then they'll ask him about a title fight and he'll say again, no, I need to work on my cardio. Because uh -huh. he doesn't need to work on his cardio. Yeah. So because Nagano, he's, he doesn't have the best cardio either. But, I mean, he definitely made whatever adjustments he needed to with Stipe in that last fight. So I'm sure that if, so if Stipe can't take him out, then I think that this division is going to have Nagano on top for a while. You know, you said cardio. He was getting murdered in front of his hometown. I want to back up. You said cardio. And I think that's a great segue into our second topic. Nate Diaz, <laughs> for Roz recently, a coach of uh, GSP, Roy McDonald, a lot of those guys at TriStar, recently said that he thought Nate Diaz, if this was like, you know, unlimited rounds, that Nate would be one of the last guys standing because he has a remarkable chin. You can't submit him on the ground. And we saw that a little bit with Edwards where it's like, yeah, he clearly lost the fight. But he, he caught him at the end. Like, he was getting stronger. And I'm just kind of curious. Like, I guess two things. One, what do we think of that analogy for Nate? And two, would you ever be interested in seeing, like, a special attraction? It doesn't even have to be UFC. Like, Nate Diaz against someone like, oh, okay, you know, in a 10-round fight. Because I think it would be interesting. Like, to me, the, the thing is, though, like, fighting such game planning, too, I think guys would just eventually play harder for cardio and would still try to outpoint them. You'd almost have to do, like, a fight till no, no time limit, which is, like, gladiator shit, which ain't going to happen, <laughs> you know? But I don't know. What do you guys think about Nate Diaz, the Iron Man here? I think uh, basically what you're talking about is pride rules. So mm -hmm. if we could have seen Nate in pride, you know, 10-minute rounds or whatever. I think you're right about if they had 10 rounds, a uh, 10-round mm -hmm. fight, it'd just be like boxing where they the fighters just take rounds off and fight at the end. That being said, Nate, he doesn't get finished on the ground or on the feet, you know, doctor stoppages. So you're probably right in a, in a street fight or an Iron Man fight or whatever you want to call it. I like his chances against. Yeah, I don't think I'm trying to think like anybody 
Like, I think one guy's finished him, Josh Thompson, one time. He caught him, like, with a head kick. And he basically lured Nate in. And I don't know if that would ever happen to him again, though, because that was a long time ago, too. I mean, eventually he's going to get older. And obviously everything changes the more you, you know, get older. But Usada, what do you think, man? I mean, you know, the Diaz boys are pretty clean, but you've dealt with them before. What do you think about <laughs> Nate in particular? These um, jokes is right itself. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love Nate Diaz, but I think that he gets uh, – I think a lot of people have this belief that as the fight goes on, he gets stronger. And I think there's – you know, a little bit of misinformation there. If I remember correctly, he's only had a handful of five-round fights, and he's lost all of them. But mm-hmm. and, so McGregor, I mean, arguably McGregor won that. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> he lost this Edwards fight, but that last minute was pretty damn exciting. And then who was it? Was it uh, Benson Henderson, I think, was yep. that he had years ago. And he lost that one, I believe, unanimous decision. I think that his cardio is just ridiculous. I mean, this dude's doing marathons for fun, which I think right there tells me he needs a mental health assessment. <laughs> the, the thing with him is, I don't know if he gets stronger as the fight goes on. I think his opponent probably just starts to gas. You're punching this dude in the face and kicking him in the head for four rounds, and you can't put him away. Eventually, you're going to slow down. But he has cardio for, for days. And, you know, the same could be said with – I know Nick hasn't fought in, like, six years. He's at least won a five-rounder. But uh, – I guess, you know, Nate really is a, a marathon man, literally, especially when it comes to, to MMA. But like Chevy said, yeah, he's got those doctor stoppage losses. So I think he might just be too tough for his own good sometimes. Like Masvidal is beating the shit out of him mm. at, at 244. And I was pissed they had to stop that because I was there. And it was such a fun fight to watch. But it looked like you couldn't put the guy away. And, uh, I mean, I think the argument that we're, we're completely missing is what about, you know, you think that, Nate has incredible cardio. What about C level Kane? <laughs> <laughs> what about see, it's funny. Me, so what about I just think it'd be interesting, like uh it's funny, like if there was no stoppages, Masvidal's another guy, right? I mean, yeah, he got caught recently, but I mean, God, I mean, I I'd be curious to see. Like he's a guy that has gone through a lot of decisions and won some questionable lost some questionable decisions because people would find a way to point him back in the day. Like he's not a he's a fighter. There's certain fighters who just bring it. And you just see guys have to, like, game plan and point fight them, which I'm not, hey, good for you. Do whatever it takes to win. You know, I know fans might not like it, but, hey, you, the idea is to win. But it does make you wonder, like, man, if there was more time, more rounds, like, who would be those last guys standing? For my money, some of the guys that pop in my head are the Diaz brothers, Masvidal, and... God, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe C level Kane. I don't know, <laughs> but it's just like those guys just have cardio for days, and they can take so much punishment. Like you can see why fans get behind them and why they're real fighters in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, there's also probably a lot of guys between, let's say, flyweight and bantamweight that could come out of the fifth round still looking fresh. Oh yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, then again, I'm a guy who gets gassed walking up the stairs, so <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm absolutely jealous of, of their ability to, to have that type of conditioning. But like a guy like you know Nate Diaz and some of those smaller guys, like he's not a small guy, and that's the thing is I'm so used to the small guys being able to go forever, but he just has a crazy amount of gas in the tank. It seems like he never runs out of it. Like you probably could knock him out, and he'd still be running. <laughs> so. I, I wanted to bring this up. This is uh, not something we talked about, but uh, someone mentioned something to me. That I just want to get your guys' opinion on it. This is totally random, but I'm throwing it out here. I was talking about the Connor Poirier fight with somebody, and we were talking about how we both favor Poirier. 
But Connor does have hands, so you never know. And he was saying, this is what the kid said. He'll If he has a shot, he's going to have to finish him round two, maybe three. But he added this, and I just wanted to get people's opinion on this. He said, but of course, the greatest thing would be is if Poirier just beat his ass for all five rounds, and then he clipped him with 10 seconds left, and then won the fight. And I had to laugh, because, and here's why. In other instances, that's probably going to be real exciting for people. Like Yair Rodriguez, he clips a zombie. Even though you love the zombie, great, so excited. But when Conor McGregor then is going to do that and then go on to get a title shot afterwards, probably, <laughs> I just can't help but think, man, that is like heel 101. That is going to piss so many people off. So I just was curious what you guys thought. If that somehow was the finish of the fight, what would your reaction be? Chevy, I'll start with you. you I, would be, I think know how you think, but go ahead. I would be so disappointed if that happened. Mm. Dustin, uh, I have... Uh, I have a bad feeling for whatever reason that Connor's going to get it done for some, I have no mm. idea why couldn't tell yeah. you why, but I just have a bad feeling, but obviously don't want that to happen. Huge Dustin fan. Want him to go on and get the belt. He deserves it. That would be some BS, but that's what Connor brings to the table. Bunch of bullshit. So it's the, it's the X factor. It's that X factor that when you're dealing with a guy who is a good striker, you don't know exactly when. Now I think if it goes five, right? I do think, like I, I favor Poirier, but if Connor's best chance is to win, if you were looking at it from that side, I think it is between one, one or two, maybe three. I think once you're out of three, I think it should be smooth sailing for Poirier just because of how gritty and determined he is. But there's a lot of X factors in this fight, too. You know, Poirier's been in some wars, too. So it's always like a question when that's going to come up. Carney, what you got? <laughs> Man, I really want Poirier to take this just because we all know how I feel about McGregor. But I well, actually, the people might not know, but yeah, we do now. <laughs> well, I know that you, we have talked before. Yes. Not, of course. But, yeah, I think he's a uh, scumbag. But here's the thing. He's, he's a very talented and fast and precise striker. And if Fourier and uh, see all that shit coming, I think he's got him. But Connor probably has some surprises. So we know that he can kind of obsess when it comes to a rematch. And we saw how he made mm. it. With Nate, he wasn't throwing that that left hand like a couple times and burning himself out. Like he was, he was definitely biding his time and waiting for the right shots to take that. And Poirier, he does have a strong chin on him. I just hope he fights smart and can see this stuff coming because I'm 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 not claiming to be some expert on this stuff, but the way I've always seen it is Connor has that left hand and he's got that counter and he's got speed and he's got precision. And without that. If Poirier takes him to the ground, if Poirier wants to stand and bang with him, if he avoids that left, he should be fine. But I've been wrong once or twice in my life before. Well, I want to just comment on something you said before we go to the next topic. It was interesting. You said Connor obsesses about stuff when he finds something. You brought up another X factor that I didn't think about. Because not only does he obsess about it, he's got more resources than anybody and time to bring in people if he wants to, to like fix those mistakes too got an unlimited bank account, and the UFC is probably giving this guy more help if they want to. So not saying he's doing that. We really don't know how motivated Connor is these days and what his schedule looks like. But that is something that, you know, he probably has to his advantage that other fighters wouldn't. Chevy? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you take this with a grain of salt, but I follow him both on Instagram, and all of Connor's Instagram posts are him on a yacht or, you know, eating lunch with his 
fiance or wife or whatever. I mean, and yeah. then occasionally a training video mm-hmm. of him hitting a bag in a in a room alone, as opposed to Dustin, who is out running the roads in Lafayette, Louisiana, or you know, boxing and just watching the sweat pour off him. You know, he's not going to give any anything away. So Connor better come with everything he's got for his rematch skills. But all right, well. I'm going to, last topic, this came out this week. There was a video uh, at a bar with this guy that we'll call a, a dude bro, for lack of a better word, um, celebrating, a little intoxicated. And as he's trying to impress some girl at the bar, it looks like a talk to, he's, looks like he's telling his buddies too, so he's telling like some guy he was going to beat up. Of all people, he bumps into Joe Schilling. <laughs> all right. Legendary kickboxer, MMA fighter. And there's a guy that walks in front, too, which is kind of when the video happens. So it's kind of hard to get a quick gauge. And we don't know what they were saying or what would happen. But the guy looks like he kind of flinches at showing, who immediately throws a quick combination, lays this guy out. And people are all over the place on this. Uh, you know, I've heard that, hey, he doesn't know what's coming up against him. And, of course, obviously people are saying, hey, it's some drunk guy in a fucking tie. (laughs) Joe didn't have to lay him out. I did have another friend I was talking to about this, and I will read this quote. This was his take on it. Strike first, strike fast, strike hard. (laughs) A man with a tie clip confronts you. He is your enemy, and an enemy deserves no mercy. So that's, you know, one of the fans I was talking to. (laughs) What do you got? You could have thrown that tie off, wrapped it around his throat, and choked him out. Yeah, I giggled my ass off like the second time. First time I was shocked, but then I watched it again. And I don't know. It's kind of funny to me. I mean, look. All right. So before I hand it off to you guys, Joe Schilling didn't need to lay that motherfucker out. I do. I understand that. But I do understand, too, this. I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit. Joe's a fighter, right? Yes. But guy comes up to him in a bar. You can argue Joe's just trying to defuse the situation as fast as he can. And that's what Joe could do. Now, as I'm even saying this, I feel like that's bullshit. Because Joe should probably be able to read the situation and realize this guy's clearly no fucking threat. It looks like he was having a bad day. Just my opinion. I don't know the man. It looks like he was having a bad day. And he's like, this guy fucked up. And he's going to learn. What do you guys? Up, to read the guy's shirt that said, what, like, ring cage parking lot? Something yeah. about shirt tells me the guy likes to throw fists. Or bar, apparently. Doesn't matter. So... I believe Schilling said something along the lines of, you know, people make mistakes. I, I He fucked up. So I guess what his statement said was this dude with the tie in the bar was like rapping at people, being obnoxious, staring him down. I think he dropped an N-bomb at one of the ah. servers or something. But I can't remember exactly what he said. But the part that I think is absolutely crazy is where he said that he feared for his life. <laughs> I don't know what he observed. <laughs> Maybe that's that Thai man did that that would have intimidated him it'd be the equivalent of me being in a bar and Francis Ngannou pushes me out the way and then I decide to try to punk him and then he wants to put me into a coma because mm-hmm. I, I scared him or he was scared for his life bro you're a professional fighter you are a trained killer like there's yeah. some, some jobber who's just rapping to his friends in a bar I <laughs> probably poses no harm unless he's affiliated with the mob or some other group of people that wear ties and kill people. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get that vibe. Chevy, you want to add anything to this? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like 
you have to know what happened before that video started being filmed because in the video and when joe's coming back to behind the guy you can tell he already looks annoyed so i wonder if something Mm. happened before that it can't just be that the guy was standing in his way and you know he he moved him out of the way or whatever obviously as a overreaction at all if anything you know push him away or don't put your hands on him like that and he could have ended his life you know he's a very dangerous man mm-hmm. also terrible decision making from the guy in the tie because <laughs> like carney asada was saying it said he'll fight anywhere on his on his shirt you know so mm-hmm. you know the girl's reaction made me laugh too i don't know why oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah he got fucked the fuck out he was running his mouth and... play stupid games win stupid prizes you know yeah so i mean look i guess the thing is here we all agree that joe probably overreacted but I think we also agree with like suit and tie guy fucked up. Like, don't this should be a lesson for people still too. The flip side of this, careful who you fuck with, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and if you go drinking in the bar and you know you're subject to this kind of behavior, maybe don't go drinking at the bar so much. Maybe monitor what you drink. But it's a reality check for normal people out there. Yeah, I think there's the killers guy- walking around everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guy, I believe, he said that he was going to file a civil case against the bar and also wanted criminal charges against Schilling. So maybe, you know, he'll take whatever money he gets out of this and he'll start up his uh, SoundCloud rapping career. We're going to hear a song about how he got fucking knocked out by Joe. <sighs> Jesus Christ, man. I, I don't know. That's so funny, right? Because I do, again, I can't agree with what Joe did, but at the same time, like, I have no pity for this fucking dude. Like, it's like, what's <laughs> the, the eye test? Like, you just look at Joe Schilling as he walks by. That looked like the guy you wanted to fuck with. I didn't have to know what he did. I could look at him and go, mm, something up with this guy. I'm just going <laughs> yeah, to that ain't for on. me. Yeah, I'll keep <laughs> on walking, you know? So I think this guy needed to learn a lesson, even if the law doesn't agree with us. <laughs> but, yeah, all right. We well, have lost <laughs> brain cells that would help him retain that lesson. Yeah. Oh, shit. I just got a question from that fan, actually, who uh, told me the guy with a clip tie, show no mercy, is our enemy. <laughs> Very famous quote from somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he made it up. But all right, guys, we're all recording this with no AC. So uh, I think this is a good way to wrap up episode three. And guys, episode four will come out soon. Tell us what you like. Give us some fucking topics. Maybe we'll 531 this motherfucker if you give us some ideas. And uh, we got enough fans maybe uh, willing to contribute some MMA lists. We're still looking for more feedback. So hit us up. And for Chevy, Carney Asada. We're out. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 